0: In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guests are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Togenet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc.
1: It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirassi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good some bad but from everyone there has been something learned and now it's time to share that knowledge it's called paying it forward here these lessons learned are then paid forward to you with you paying it forward too
2: Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here. I hope everyone had a great 4th of July. And um, I'd like to start my show off today with two lessons I'd like to pay forward. One has to do with something that happened to me personally, and one is just a business tip. So last week, I had a business appointment in Manhattan, and it was a great meeting, But I wasn't really feeling great, and this is for all you um, entrepreneurs out there, especially you mom entrepreneurs who are juggling everything all at the same time. I actually forgot to eat lunch, if you can imagine that. I was so busy trying to get the kids situated before I left, making sure I checked all of my emails, making sure I didn't get stuck in traffic so I um, wouldn't be late for my meeting. So with all that in mind, I just had an excruciating headache and couldn't realize why I had one. So I went to my meeting. The meeting went great, and I was driving home. I got through the Midtown Tunnel in Manhattan, coming into Long Island, and I really wasn't feeling well. And the whole time I was saying to myself was, wow, should I just continue driving? And I still had about an hour ride home. And there was a little person whispering inside of my head saying, You have a family, you have three young kids, just pull the car over. And I kept saying to myself, you know what, God forbid something happens to me, I don't want to hurt somebody else, I don't want to get hurt. And I said, everybody would always say, but why didn't she just pull over? So I ended up pulling over on the very first exit right out of the tunnel and there was such a nice guy, there was a gas station Right there at BP gas station, I pulled up and I said to the guy, I said, would you mind if I just rested? And he said, no problem, pull the car over in the corner of the gas station. And I literally just closed my, I called my husband, told him where I was, and I had to literally rest. I had to close my eyes. It was about 100 degrees that day. That might have had something to do with it. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, looking back, I really know in my heart of hearts that I made the right decision. So I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we push each other, we push ourselves so much that we don't realize probably the amount of stress our body is under. And it's so important to keep ourselves strong and healthy. So that is my lesson I would like to pay forward. If you're ever driving in your car and you're not feeling well, just please pull the car over and be safe for yourself. Okay, so now my next lesson I would like to pay forward is just a quick little business tip. Um, I have an email that comes to me every day, and it's called Build-A-Buzz. It's www.buildabuzz.com, and it's really, really great, and um, it just gives you quick tips about public relations, and it's a wonderful, wonderful website to um, look at, and it just it has such creative ideas on how you can really get the word out not only about um, your product, if you have a product or your service, but also it helps um, brand yourself and get your name out there as well. So www.buildabuzz.com has helped me tremendously, and I hope it helps you also. So with that, I would like to start my show off today by introducing you to an amazing woman. Her name is Francine Glick. Francine is. Actually, one of the women that I met at that wonderful conference that I always talk about, the Make Mine a Million Dollar Contest, or the Count Me In conference that I attended. And Francine's really special because she actually won the award for uh, the Make Mine a Million Dollar Contest, and she'll tell us all about that. So Francine is the president of Water Journey LTD. It's a personal care products company whose flagship product is Hands to Go. It's an alcohol-free instant hand sanitizer. The company was founded in 1997, and I, I don't want to really tell you the whole story because I want Francine to tell us all about her experience with her kitchen sink and developing her product. But it truly, truly is an amazing product. I go to my friend's house, Victoria, and sitting right there on the sink is her Hands to Go hand sanitizer. It's an amazing product. So um, with that, I think, Francine, I'd like to introduce you. Um, I'd like to welcome you to Pay It Forward. And how are you today, Francine?
0: Hi, Josephine. I'm I'm (laughs) great. Can you hear me all right?
2: I can. I can. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of Pay It Forward, especially since you're on vacation (laughs) and you are paying your time forward to us. So thanks for that, Francine.
0: My pleasure. So, I'm delighted right. to be here. Aw, thanks.
2: So, Francine, tell us about how you came up with your idea for your product.
0: It's, it's really kind of crazy, but I, I think most entrepreneurs have a, a similar kind of story in a way. Uh, my background is in computer science. I just sort of want to set it up a little bit. Yeah, that's uh, great. My undergraduate's in computer science, and I have an MBA. And um, I had been working in investment banking, but I also have two children. And uh, at some point, I was carpooling my kids around, and I needed to sanitize their hands. Um, I didn't like the alcohol gels because they were flammable. And one daughter complained, ah, it was like burning her skin, and the other one complained that it smelled. I have two daughters, so this is what you get when you have daughters. (laughs) They complain (laughs) about stuff like this. Right. And so I thought to myself, you know, there's got to be a better way of doing this. So I literally started out in my kitchen sink mixing different ingredients together, and I came up with something, and I thought to myself, you know, if I can use this, other people can use this, too, because they're going to have the same problems I do. So I went to work with a chemist to commercialize the product, um, got it to a formulation that was, you know, uh, reasonable to put out into the marketplace, got the product patented, and that's how the product was born. That's how Hands to Go was born.
2: Oh, that's that's amazing, Francine, that you went from concept to completion and your products on retail shelves. You saw a problem and came up with the solution, and, you know, it just like you said, a lot, especially, you know, including myself, we saw the problem and came up with these great products, but I truly do love your product, Francine. It feels so smooth on the skin, and... It feels great knowing that our kids are safe from germs using your product.
0: Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's very different than what's on the market that have been on the market with alcohol gels. I mean, they're they're sticky and they they're very drying to the skin. And with kids, most kids have cuts on their skin, so that it burns. So Hands to Go is really feels like water. Um, it comes out as a foam, so kids really like it. So. Instead of forcing them to clean their hands, they actually like to use it to, cl- to clean their hands. And, um, you know, it doesn't have a smell. There's no fragrance. And since I developed it for me, my kids, I did it the way I wanted it. So there are no extra chemicals or anything. It's a green product. So, you know, when you go to the store and you, you start reading labels and it takes you 20 minutes and you can't even pronounce half the names on there? With right. Hands to Go, it's really straightforward. Very few ingredients. You can pronounce all of them, and it's a very effective product. Oh, that's great.
2: I love it. And you know what's so important? Francine, you can have a great product, but if the kids won't use it or if the kids don't like it, then what good is the product? But kids actually really, really love hands to go.
0: I have a friend whose son calls it Francine Foam (laughs) how cute is that
2: (laughs) maybe we have to change the name
0: i know (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny
2: but um all right so francine you know what i would love to talk a little bit before we start getting into the nuts and bolts of the business Mm -hmm. i would love to talk a little bit about being an awardee of the count me in and open um from american express and make mine a million dollar business award when did that happen
0: That happened in two thousand and five, in December of two thousand and five. We were one of the first awardees. We were sort of like in the pilot program, so it was just getting started. And it's it's funny how I don't know if you want to hear how I applied to to this. We wanna hear it all. (laughs) Okay. I had um I had seen Donnie Deutsch, you know, the advertising executive. Donnie
2: um, Deutsch, yes.
0: ...speak at a, at, a, um, at a marketing conference, and I had just given a talk, like, a, the day before to some, you know, potential entrepreneurs, and I had talked about, you know, these are the mistakes you make, this is what you should do, what you shouldn't do. So I went to listen to him, and he gave the exact same talk, and I was, like, flabbergasted. I mean, oh, I had so made funny. this up. It wasn't like I took it from anything. So I went up to him afterwards, and, you know, I talked to him about that, and he laughed, and he said the same thing had happened to him. So, in any case, he, was, he had this book that was out, uh, I think it's called Why Not Me, or anyway, that's the important part of the book. He looked at people who were successful, and he found that the biggest difference was not that they were smarter or had more money or anything, it was that they basically had this attitude of, why not me? And that sort of resonated with me. And when I um, found out about the Make Mine a Million uh, uh, competition, it was just the Point in the business where I sort of felt that I needed to get to the next level and when I heard about this I thought why not me and that's how I applied. When I applied for it I really thought why not me and it was the strangest thing. I had no doubts in my mind except of course when I was sitting there and they're announcing the winners and I was thinking oh there's no way I'm going to win <laughs> but then it just happened. So it was, it was very interesting how it led up to that.
2: That's so funny. So you really had no warning, Francine, that you might win?
0: None. <laughs> oh, wow. I went into it completely. I didn't know anyone there. I didn't know anything about the program until I heard about it. But it was just like, this is what I need to do. I just felt the time was right. I had just heard Donnie George speak, and you know, I had this in the back of my mind, and I just went for it. Oh, that's and, great. See I what mean,
2: happens Yeah, when you have the guts and you go ahead, well, I'm so excited, Francine, you won't believe it, but Nell Merlino, who was the founder of the Count Me In program and the Make Mine a Million Dollar um, Award program also, is actually going to be a guest with Paying It Forward on August 11th, and I'm so excited.
0: Oh, that's great. That will be you great know, for your
2: listening. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. But with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with Francine Leffi in just a moment.
1: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirossi right after these on Toginet.com. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hans. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on TuggyNet. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these Soul Sisters Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central, part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire. Inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, wishes Inc.com. And for Diana, the next big zing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Clickman and Diana Cohen. Tuesday afternoons at two, one p.m. Central part of Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girassi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's
2: Josephine, and I have Francine with us, Francine Glick is um, actually the inventor of Hands To Go, which is an alcohol-free hand sanitizer. So with that, Francine, we were just talking about Count Me In. Did you want to just tell us a little bit more of how you submitted your application?
0: Sure. Um, If you go to the website, www.countmein.org, you can find an application there. Uh, They have the contest Throughout the year in different regions, but, you know, just because you're in New York doesn't mean you can't apply to, let's say, California. You can apply to any region, but it's just, you know, if you're going to attend, it's a lot easier, clearly, if it's geographically near you. But um, you just want to apply, and I, I think it's really important for entrepre- entrepreneurs to understand. If you don't apply, you can't win, and sometimes that connection <laughs> isn't made. I mean, it sounds obvious. Yes. But, you know, there's so many things. We're so busy all the time. And it's like, well, I don't have time for it now. I'll do it, you know, next time. Or I don't have time to put all my financials together. It is really critical that you go through the process. Even if you don't win, it's important to put all of your things together because as entrepreneurs, we're really not accountable to anyone. And that's not always a good thing because, you know, you say I could do it next week and the next week becomes the following month, becomes the following year. And time just keeps going. So I would highly recommend going to the site, getting an application, and applying. And if you have any questions, you know, you can either contact me, you can contact Count Me In. They have a staff of people there who are wonderful and will help you out. It's a great organization. You'll make a lot of really great uh, contacts. And you need support. As women, we all need support
2: yeah it's amazing, even I loved that conference we went to last September, Francine, all those amazing people that we met. I have to tell you, were you as pumped up as I was after that I, after that conference?
0: I keep going back year after year, even though we you know we we won already. I go back. I've made friends within the yeah. m three community. There's always, there are always new things to learn. There are contacts. People help each other. You can't just stay in your own little space and create a company. You have to get out there, and that helps also. One of the other things, really critical things that I got out of Count Me In is I started coaching through that, and I work with a coach, and I would highly recommend that to anyone. I didn't even know what coaching was when I started, and it, it's just a wonderful, wonderful way of uh, being accountable to someone and also having someone tell you when to slow down and take care of yourself, sort of relating to what you said earlier uh, before. Um, that's very important. We're very hard on ourselves and we need someone to say, you know, it's time for you to take a day off and do nothing except take care of yourself.
2: Yeah, and Francine, you know what I love about the coaches also? We as entrepreneurs, we never give ourselves a pat on the back. Like if something happens, we're like, oh, well, that was supposed to happen. Whereas with the coach, they turn around and they say, that happened because you just worked really hard, and that's why it happened. I don't know. Do you agree with me with that?
0: Totally, totally agree. We take a lot of things for granted. And then the coach says, wow, that's wonderful. And you say, really? (laughs) 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 We need to stop and and, and sort of take that in so that we can move on to the next level. So very important. I agree.
2: Okay. So that's great. So, Francine, I know that you are going to be – Full of tips for my listeners today. So I want to get started with the real nuts and bolts of our interview today, all about how we can help all the people out there, all the entrepreneurs um, actually make their business a little more successful with, you know, the great tips that you have. So before we get started with anything, Francine, when anybody comes up with a brand new product, I personally think one of the most important things is to learn how to... Properly price your product. Do you have any tips or suggestions about that? Uh,
0: Yes, it's actually a a fairly long process, I think, to do the pricing properly um, because you learn a lot of things along the way that if you knew up front, you would do differently. Um, Essentially, the first thing you need to do in pricing your product is to make sure that you can make a profit and you can make a a decent profit. Um, You have to remember along the way that there are going to be Discounts you have to give, especially in retail. These always come as little surprises, whether they're slotting fees or um, retailers will tell you that you had damaged product, even though, you know, you didn't have any damaged product. You still have to assume, you know, whatever they return is what they return. Uh, they take uh, advertising allowances. There are a lot of discounts along the way. If you go through a distributor, you have to factor in the distributor's um, a cut in it. And if you have brokers, you have to be able to pay brokers. So you have to kind of imagine like a straight line. And on one end, you have your cost. And on the other end, you have what you're going to be, what it's going to be selling at retail. Somehow you have to account for all these people in between so that it makes sense so everybody gets their margins and that you still make a profit. And then you have to fit in with what is sort of going on in the industry. But that's actually, in a way, secondary, I think. You, you need to make a profit. If you don't make a profit, you shouldn't be in business. You don't have a business if you can't make a profit on it. So that's the yep. most important thing. You really have to look at all of these things. And you have to be willing to adjust your pricing along the way. Last year, we had a major price revision because we had ha- we had our pricing. I thought we were pretty competitive, but we went through a year of – we used to – all the retailers like to receive delivered pricing, which means – You pay for the freight. So we thought, okay, fine, we'll bundle it. We'll figure out the price of the freight. We'll put it in there, which is in itself not so easy because with a large retailer, you could be sending out to eight distribution centers across the country. So if we ship out of Pennsylvania, so if you're shipping from Pennsylvania to Pennsylvania, it's not going to be the same price as shipping from Pennsylvania to California. So somehow you need to figure that in, average it out, and put it into your price. But what happened to us over the past... The year before that was that the cost of freight kept going up and going up and the price of our components was going up. And we basically, that was coming out of our margin. And we got to the point where I said, wait a second, we're losing our margins here. Why are we doing this? So we re-looked at our pricing. We put it into a place that that made sense. And we went back to our retailers and we also unbundled the, the freight We said, look, you're going to pay for shipping. They weren't happy. Some of them just refused to do it, so we had to accommodate them. But most of them said, okay, fine. We'll pay for freight. Yeah, so now when the price of freight goes up, it's not going into our margins. Oh, that's so smart,
2: Francine.
0: Yeah, so you need to be able to adjust along the way. You need to look at your competitors, but... Ultimately, you're selling value. So if you can convince the buyers that there's more value in your product, even though the price might be higher, that's what you need to do. And they also, the other thing is they also, if it's a new product and they don't have anything like it in the industry, you have to tell them what the suggested retail is going to be. So you tell them, I'm going to sell you the product for $2 and I think the suggested retail should be $4. And they'll say, okay, that's fine. But if you tell them, I'm going to sell it to you for two dollars, and the suggested retail is two I'm not going to be happy.
2: Right. So there is that formula, correct, um, Francine? That the suggested manufacturer retail price, the
0: suggested retailer, it usually yeah.
2: half, fifty percent.
0: Right. Right. And that's, um, for example, so if you sell something for five, if it's sold at retail for five dollars, you should be selling it to the retailer for two fifty. Typically, okay, and yeah. they'll mark it up, and that's called a 50% margin, not 100%. Even It's 100% higher, but it's called a 50% margin. A 50% margin. Right, okay, it's a so 50% margin. Right. Now, you're so, not yeah. going to get 250. Just remember, you're not going to get 250 because you're going to have to pay maybe an advertising allowance that could be up to 10%. It depends on the retailer and what you negotiate. And all these things are negotiable. That, so, I did not know that when I started. Oh, They're well. all negotiable. Okay. You have to remember that. Um, you, Tell us about a,
2: the advertising fee that they charge, and what is it for, Francie?
0: Well, it's supposed to be for them to advertise your product in the stores and to, um, you know, they might put it on an end cap. They might put it at the register. They might do, you know, a whole bunch of things. but they, Or they might do nothing until you it goes into a general category. That's another thing when you're first starting oh. out you should get Uh that spelled out in black and white because they will try to get away with getting money without having to do anything for it. Oh, wow. So we should
2: really turn to them and say, you know, turn to the retail stores. We're dealing with the buyers and say to them, okay, if you're requesting a thousand dollars for advertising fees, what exactly does that mean to me? Can you please tell me where is the advertisement going to appear How are you going to, you know, will I supply, you know, the ad, is it an ad, Francine?
0: Well, they have, like, internal ads. They might have a flyer, and they'll put you in the flyer, you know, once a quarter. But, you know, you have to fill out forms for that to occur. We had one retailer, and they never sent us the forms, and we didn't know they had forms. And then we never had an ad put in for a whole year. We didn't have any ads, and we were eligible for four ads for that year. So you really need to be very clear on that. If you are going to be giving them money, you should ask where the money is going, how it's being spent, and you should get reports on that so you know it came out in June, it came out in August, it came out in September. What it was, you know, did they put some sign, uh, uh, did they offer a two-for-one, Did they? what did they do in terms of the dollars that you're giving them?
2: Okay, that sounds like a good idea. And then, Francine, so what happens when your product um, gets to the retail store? Do you get to choose where the product goes on the shelves?
0: Do you Uh, tell them
2: the category?
0: You need to specify what category your product is going to be, and that's going to determine the buyer that you get. So if your product, for example, we like to put our product in the baby section because it really appeals to new moms because they pick it up, they read it, they get it. So it sells really well, and they can use it around their infants. So it's not a problem. It's not like using the alcohol, which you know, really pretty <laughs> difficult to to deal with. Um, so we like to deal with the baby buyer, but it's not it's not always available. They might not always have a baby section in the particular store. So you have to find the right buyer, and then um, you have to negotiate at that point where you're going to be, you know, on the shelf. They will typically tell you, I have room for you here. This is where I'm going to put you. If you want to be at the register, you're going to have to pay more money for it. They might put you there at the beginning. They might not put you there until you're actually successful on the shelf. And then they'll put you at the register. So each retailer is different in that respect.
2: Well, Francine, that was such a great summary on how to price your product. I so appreciate that. I know my listeners probably learned a lot also. But we have a lot more information coming back on how Francine runs her successful business. So we'll be back shortly.
1: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jurassi. right after these on Toginet.com. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, part of the Her Insight Network. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism, the historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years, how can we hold on to what we hold dear, and the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Gerassi on toginet.com. Well, hello, everyone.
2: Okay, we're back. we got lots to talk about, Francine. We're trying to get this all um in an hour, and it's just going fast. So here we go. Let's talk, Francine, about how you run your business. How many employees do you have? Who handles your marketing? Who handles your sales? Do you have an assistant? How do you make it all work, and how do you make, you know, how are you so successful?
0: Oh, lots of questions. (laughs) It's amazing, Frank. First of all, we are virtual, which is uh, interesting. We've always been virtual. I'm based in New Jersey, and... I have people in New York, in Connecticut, in Virginia, and in Georgia, and that's just the internal people. Plus, we have people that we contract out um, in different places, uh, manufacturers rep who are in Massachusetts and uh, Connecticut. So (laughs) we're a little bit all over the place.
2: Wow, Francine, I, I'm just like going through this whole thing as far as a virtual assistant goes where, I don't know, I feel like I'm a little old-fashioned that I almost feel like I need to have somebody, you know, right here in my office working hand-in-hand hand with me, but some people just feel really, really secure with their virtual assistants that you write a list, they're in a different location, they do what they have to do, they email it to you, and it runs very smoothly, I mean, do you guys get together? Do you have conference calls all together once a month, or how does it work?
0: We get we have a conference call once a week. Okay, it's short; it's a half an hour. We have an agenda. Uh, We each report on whatever is of common interest to everyone. You know, you don't want to have a conversation with just two people. You know, where it pertains to two people out of the group. So we give a chance for everybody to um, to talk. Uh, One thing that's interesting in in virtual companies, the people who are working for the company have to be more social than people who actually physically report to work. You would think it's the other way around because you don't see anybody. You don't care if they're social human beings, if they interact well or not. They have to have better interaction skills than Mm -hmm. your typical person because they are remote. So you don't get a lot of you know, you don't get all the little clues of seeing someone in person in front of you, whether they're smiling, whether, you know, they're, you know, how they're reacting. So it's very important that you have people who are, uh, who can interact better with people. But we talk always once a week. Um, We like to have, like, every six months we'll have a meeting at a location, usually somewhere nice where we can get together and we can we can work and play at the same time because I think it's important to, to play as, as a team as opposed to just working all the time. So we tend to work hard and, and play hard, I would say, in, in my company. And as far as virtual assistants that you were talking about, I think a lot of that depends on the type of person that you are and the type of work that you have. Now, since my company is virtual, you know, most of the stuff is, is delegated out to different people and the stuff that remains is really something that I need for somebody to do in house because, you know, maybe it's filing papers or something like that. And you can't you can't file papers remotely. Right. You know, that's a difficult thing. But I, I think virtual assistants are a very good way to um, to get work done. It makes you more organized because you now have or you have to make lists for someone and give them work as opposed to when someone is there next to you, there's this tendency to say, oh, oh, and can you do this also? Oh, 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 before you do that, do this one. Okay, <laughs> so You can be a lot more you. unorganized when someone is there with you.
2: Yeah, that sounds really good. So now, Francine, how did you find your team? Was it through, you know, referrals? How do you find... Um, you know, how did you find them. somebody in Virginia or Connecticut or Georgia? Uh,
0: we found, uh, I would say them different ways. Some of the people I knew, I had worked with them in the past. So, I, you know, I knew their backgrounds. And other people I just recruited, um, you know, online. At the time, we had, um, we used to do our manufacturing. We do contract manufacturing, which means we outsource our manufacturer. Uh, otherwise, we'd have to have our own you know, manufacturing facility, and we're not in, that's not our business. So we were using a facility in Virginia, and I felt, you know, our operations are in Virginia. That's a big part of our business, and I wanted someone who could be there who could see what was going on. So I hired this person. It turns out we ended up moving from there, but she was so wonderful that she stayed on with the company, and she's still in Virginia.
2: Great. Okay, so that sounds good. All right. So, Francine, so now you have your team. Everybody knows what they have to do. Tell us about your business plan. Like, I I know that you have a business plan. We've talked about it in the past. Do you, like, maybe it's at the, um, when you guys get together every six months, do you review the business plan? How does that all work out?
0: We do. It's funny how I, so agonized writing the business plan, and, and I used to be in investment banking, so I reviewed tons of business plans. I've written business plans. This would be like something I should do with my eyes closed, and right. yet it was really difficult to write my own business plan because I was so close to it. So mm. for people who are struggling with a business plan, I would say do an outline. Forget about the words. Just put you know, all the pieces. There's a standard outline that you can use for, for business plans. Uh, just start flushing it out as you go along. It's very important to put your roadmap, because if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? So um, it's written out. I go back and review it occasionally. I've revised it. I mean, in the past year, we've been um, actively looking for funding for the company to help it grow to the next level. So we really had to go back and look at it and reevaluate, you know, our strategy, is this really what we want to be doing? How are we going to do it? How are we going to get there? What is it going to cost us? And we do discuss all of that at our um, at our meetings. And we go through our strategy and we set up goals for the next six months and the next year.
2: Oh, yeah. See, that sounds great. And I'm sure the conference, at the conference calls, that's probably where you just assess or you can go back to the business plan and check it off and say, okay, we did that. Um yeah, that's
0: it sounds yeah. great. Like we don't said, do it on just... a I, we don't do it on a regular basis, but I will every once in a while when I think we need to switch direction, then I'll bring it up and I'll say, "You know, these are our goals and it doesn't look like we're going to meet these or we are going to meet these. Do we want to add something else to it?" You know, so then we'll discuss it. Okay, great.
2: That sounds good. So, Francine, how about cash flow, profit and revenue? How do you manage that?
0: Ah. Uh... The, the, the guts of any business and the things we tend to sort of put to the side, uh, because that's, you know, if we're starting a business, we're not necessarily a financial person starting a business. We're just a person, and then we have to deal with the financials. Very, very important. Um, I can't, if, if you don't do anything else in your business, you should be aware of your profit and your revenue and your cash flow. I, if I can give sort of an analogy um the the profit it's like you're taking a car trip cross country and you have this car and the profit basically is like putting air in your tires and the revenue is putting gas in your car if you don't have air in your tires you're not going to go very far and you're going to keep stopping and you have to put more air in your tires and if you don't have gas you're not going anywhere so you need both of those it's very 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 important to have both and a lot of times i think entrepreneurs Think of oh if I make, you know, two hundred thousand or five hundred thousand or a million, I'll be in great shape and they don't realize that their profit margin isn't there. And if you don't have profit, how are you gonna sustain yourself? I mean there's there's no point. You're just gonna go through all of your money. And you need the cash to pay your bills. You have to be very careful about your cash flow. You don't wanna get caught short. So those are really key parts of the business and whatever it takes. Whether you need to hire someone to explain it to you if you don't understand how, or if you do understand, you need to take the time and keep looking at that, and evaluating how you're doing.
2: Yeah, I think that that's so so important. Like you said, Francine, because as a startup business and um, as entrepreneurs, the most important thing is, I think, really the cash flow. Because if you don't have the cash flow, you can't have you can't run a
0: business. That's correct. That's correct.
2: And it, my whole thing is always ask for the money before you need it because you don't want to be scrambling. <laughs> Absolutely. Right?
0: Absolutely. I think what happens to entrepreneurs a lot of times is that, you know, things evolve. You start off small. I mean, that's how it was for me. You know, I started off small. I was working on a part-time basis, and I was thinking, oh, this is great. I can manage this. I can manage this with my family. Not a problem. You know, no one knows you exist, so no one's calling you at the beginning. So, it's you know, you're doing whatever you want at your own pace. And then suddenly, as you start to grow, you know, you have responsibilities, you need to make payroll, you need to pay loans, you know, vendors are calling you. Suddenly, you know, <laughs> you need to know what's going on. All right.
2: And it's so funny, Francine, how it goes from a part-time job to a full-time job, and sometimes it really does happen overnight, and... It could be kind of scary, don't you think?
0: It can be very scary, but, you know, if it's what you like, it's okay. I mean, I work a tremendous amount of hours, but I like what I do, so it's all right. Yeah,
2: I I think that's great. And, you know, we're doing it for our families is what I try to tell my young kids all the time, you know. That's right. It's you know, and getting the balance. I mean, how do you how do you manage the balance, Francine? Do you um, do you put in a certain out, number of hours during the day? Because your girls are a little older now, right? They're
0: older, I'm, but I've gone through the whole thing. My kids, you know, I've been in business for a while, so my kids started when they were small, and now they're older. Uh, one is a doctor now, and she uses hands to go at the hospital. All the time. <laughs> That's so <laughs> funny. She has eczema, so she she has to do that. And my other one is a director. So I have a doctor and a director, which is a strange combination. Um, But, you know, just because your kids are older doesn't mean that you spend less time with them. To some extent, you spend more time with them. Uh, They're interesting, they're fun, and so forth. You need to figure out, you know, you need to figure out what's important to you in your life and make sure that your time is spent accordingly. You really have to stop yourself and say, what is important to me? Is it my children? Is it my job? How much, so if it's my children, then how much time am I spending with them, and how much time am I, am I spending with my job? And you have to be really honest with yourself.
2: Yeah, it's so, so difficult, Francine, because I was just talking to um, one of my guests from last week, and we, were, we both have young children still now, and we're so torn. And lots of times at the end of the day when I'm putting my children to sleep, I fall asleep. You know, it's 8 o'clock at night, but I am completely shot from working all day and being with the kids. So it's really hard sometimes to get that balance. And I always try to tell myself, you know, sometimes you're going to have a more productive day than others. And it's all about just not coming down hard on yourself and being as productive as you possibly can in the time that you're really sitting down at your desk.
0: Right. I think we tend to judge ourselves a lot. And Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily a good thing. I think to take care of everything, you also need to take care of yourself. So my my thing for me is I love yoga, and I try to take yoga classes. It's funny, even this I don't know a couple years ago, I was taking a yoga class uh, in the morning. Oh, I think we'll continue after the break. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. Thanks, (laughs) Francie.
1: Be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirossi. Right after these on (laughs) toginet.com. Exploring the world from the kitchen counter. It's Kitchen Chat with Margaret McSweeney, Fridays at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com, part of the Her Insight Network. Margaret is a busy mom, an accomplished writer, a former banker, and a woman with a heart for charity. Margaret believes the kitchen is more than just the heart of the home. It's the heart of the world, and food is the universal language. Join Margaret each Friday at her kitchen counter as she chats with authors, chefs, doctors, bankers, publishers, artists, and many other interesting people who will not only share what's going on in their lives and professions, but who also will share their favorite recipes. Now, being an adult orphan has touched and changed Margaret in ways beyond measure, yet she turned it into something positive with Pearl Girls. For more information on Margaret and her passion for cooking and charity, check out her website, margaretmcsweeney.com, and her blog, From Finance to Fiction, at blogspot.com. Come hungry for more than just food. It's food for the soul. Fridays, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. It's Kitchen Chat with Margaret McSweeney. with Green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday, you'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online, too, at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon Central Time, starting November 4th on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com.
2: Well, welcome back, everyone. So, before we get into um, our discussion, Francine, about yoga, I would like to give you the opportunity to tell my listeners how they can get in touch with you if they'd like to you know, get to your website or give you, you know, to just get in touch with you?
0: Sure. Um, There are a bunch of different ways. Our website is www.waterjourney.com. And uh, my email, if anybody wants to email, I'll give that out, is fglick at waterjourney.com. And that's F as in Francine, G-L-I-C-K. And uh, my um, Twitter is fglick. You can find me. You can follow me on Twitter. I tweet about lots of different things.
2: Okay, perfect. Okay, so Francine, before we um, took our break, you were talking about we were talking about how important it is to take care of ourselves and how you do yoga.
0: Yes, do you- that's something so- I love. And I was taking a class uh, in the morning, and I thought, okay, I can do one morning a week, you know, I'll sneak out and go do my m- one morning a week. And I was talking to my coach, and I said, oh, if only I could take this class as given twice a week, if only I could take it twice a week, but it's given in the morning. And she said, so what's stopping you? I said, but it's given in the morning. And She said, so? And I thought, <laughs> you know, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> I work till 11 o'clock at night when I work on the weekend. Right. So now I take it twice a week, and it's actually make it actually makes me more productive because it calms me it allows me to focus i come back and i'm ready to hit work so take i i think the lesson is to really take the time for yourself in the end it's really useful and you actually become more productive and you're happier too while you're doing it
2: yeah i think you're so so right Francine as i'm sitting here in my tennis outfit <laughs> i feel <laughs> i feel like a little silly but uh I, it's the only thing that I really do, as far as you know, an organized thing, and uh, it happens to be right after my show. So here I am doing my radio show in my tennis outfit, and I feel a little silly. But uh, <laughs> we do what it takes to make it work, so it's funny. But um, okay, so Francine. One really important thing that I wanted to um, let our listeners know, we had spoken earlier about how important it is to apply for certain awards and everything. But I wanted to really congratulate you because you have so many awards here. So in 2001, you were the winner of the Best New Amenity, International Hotel and Motel and Restaurant Show, NYC. So that must have been an amazing experience because there were probably like how many, how many products, your, your product was the best out of how many?
0: There were tons. It was at the Javits Center in New York, yeah. and I had no idea that we had won. Suddenly, someone came to the booth and wow. said, we need to take your picture. And I said, why? They said, well, you won this award. And I said, we did? I <laughs> had no idea. <laughs> oh, so was, so I not. don't know how many. There were, there were quite a few. so That was pretty exciting. I think that was one of our earliest awards.
2: Yeah, so that sounds great. And then in 2004, you became the finalist of the Independent Cosmetic Manufacturers and Distributors City Award for Best New Packaging. So
0: that must have been fun. That was fun also. We, um, we belong to this association, ICMAD, as we call it. And uh, once a year, they have um, an award for Best New Packaging. And we decided, you know, it's one of these things. If you don't apply... You don't get it. And that was just one of those things.
2: So that was great. And then we discussed um, that in 2005, you won the Make Mine a Million Dollar Award, which was really big. And what's so great about that award is you get tons of publicity, right?
0: We get a lot of publicity. Um, it's, been, it's been great. I mean, that's really, I mean, we've gotten a lot of help from uh, American Express Open, uh, made a great network. That's how I started my coaching. I mean, just... A lot of experience in talking with the media, which is important because as, you know, you, you are, as the owner, you are the representative of the company and you are the face of the company. So you need to be able to speak about the company and get through in sound bites and so on and so forth. And it wasn't so easy for me at the beginning. So it was a good experience.
2: Great. And then in 2007, you were the winner of the New York Enterprise Report Small Business Award for Marketing. So how did that come about?
0: Uh, we actually—it was kind of the whole thing was kind of funny. We saw this award, and I said, "Oh, we, we do really interesting marketing things—not not your traditional marketing. Let's apply for this." So we, we everyone in the company was involved. We all wrote something for it. We submitted it, and then we went on one of those—I told you retreats that we go to every six months. Everyone went except one person who couldn't go. So. Um, it was the night of the award thing, and they were announcing the finalists. And so she went, and she, we were all in the car. The rest of the company was all in one car at that point. And she called us up, and she said, we're finalists. And we were like little kids. We were like screaming in the car. We're finalists. Oh, my gosh, we're finalists. And then I had to go into New York to find out if we were a winner because they announced the winner in New York. And I'm uh-huh. in New Jersey. And on the way in, my car broke. I was on the side of the road for two hours with the dust and the dirt. It was like 85 degrees that day. I got in there so horrible looking. I've never looked so bad in my life. I literally sit down, and they announce our name. And I go up there, and all I'm thinking is, oh, my God, they're going to take my picture. (laughs) And I look like such a mess. (laughs) <laughs> so I will always remember that award <laughs> oh that's
2: hysterical so, so Francine then this leads me to my question what is the best marketing effort that you know you've initiated over the years
0: well we've done a lot of, a lot of different things certainly applying for awards is a very good way and very inexpensive way of, of, get it, of doing marketing um, that's certainly one way Um, Another way is that we've done some really weird viral things. We were in the Oscar goodie bag one year. We were in the Sundance Film Festival uh, goodie bag. So there are a lot of different things like that that you can get your product in and get it in front of people so you can create an awareness for your product. And then also with social media, we've been pretty involved in that in terms of... uh, Twitter and, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn and so forth. As a matter of fact, we are now starting a um, division of our company um, to help other companies in social media, because I hear from a lot of people, you know, I don't know what to do. I hear about the social media. It should be really good, but I'm scared. I don't know what's involved. I don't know if I have the time. So um, since we've We, you know, we've learned about it. My degrees and my undergraduate is in computer science, so it's not something that scares me. Um, It's something that I understand. It's something that we use. So we'd like to help some other entrepreneurs um, to be able to leverage that as well. And it's very inexpensive.
2: Yeah, I mean, social media just really can take your business to the next level, isn't it amazing, Francine? (laughs) That it doesn't cost us anything.
0: I know it it really levels the playing field. It levels the playing field with larger companies. And larger companies really don't understand how to do it well uh, because they have a lot of laws. There are a lot of layers of people involved. You know, who is the voice of the company? What do they say? How is that monitored? When it's your company or when you're a small company, it's easy to get the right message out.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's great. And I'll tell you, Francine, I think this could really be like a part-time job, Or, you know, a young college student who needs to even like an internship or something where they can really help go out there and contact the mom bloggers. Like I think for products like yours and mine, I think getting in touch with mom bloggers is an incredible way for them to write about our products and also to bring on that awareness also.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and the way you mentioned of doing it is is certainly a very cost-effective way of doing it, and anyone under the age of 25 is very familiar with this, and it's, you know, it's second nature to them. It's not like you really have to train them very much.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what's so amazing about the social media, and um, it's all about really trying to get a lot of followers so you can you know, get your information out there, which is great.
0: Yeah, and so you can learn a lot also by following people. There, are, You know, if you're talking about Twitter, there are a lot of really interesting people out there. There's a lot of interesting information. I've gotten marketing information. I mean, we found out through someone's tweet that there was a trade show that we didn't know about out in California. We ended up by donating product that was given out to the goodie bags for everyone. We found out one of our retailers was going to be there. We had... We gave them product. They were able to promote our product, so the retailer was very happy that we were, you know, we took this initiative. So all from one tweet, which oh, <laughs> cost a, nothing.
2: That's great. That's great, Francine. So, Francine, tell us a little bit more about. Um, we have about two minutes left to our show, so I just want to give you that opportunity to discuss a little bit more about um, how are you going to go about helping those small businesses get information out as far as social media and all of that
0: well right now we're in the process of putting some different packages together for people in terms of whatever you know depending on what their budget is you know how far they want to go whether they just want to uh... to get them just set up and then they can handle it themselves whether they want us to set them up and also continue following up with them on a, on a monthly basis and, you know, actually represent their company and do basically their whole, their whole effort. So it's going to depend on the company and, and their budgets and what they want to do themselves and what they want us to do for them. You know, we'll have different options for them.
2: Oh, that sounds great. That sounds wonderful. So, okay, Francine, how about we'll wrap up with one of your best uh, business tips you can think of. What is your number one business tip with, you've been in business for over 10 years now, and looking back, like, what do you think you wish you knew 10 years ago that you know now?
0: <laughs> we need another hour for this. <laughs> and you have one I would minute. <laughs> say, I would say the most important thing is to follow your gut and to follow your instincts and to listen to what... Is really going on inside if you have to make a decision and you're really nervous about it you should rethink it when you make the right decision you should feel a sense of calm and this is the right thing So if you listen to what's going on inside you will go in the right direction
2: I love that idea Francine because a lot of times um, I think you know that old saying just sleep on it and you wake up in the morning and you have a different viewpoint sometimes and um, I love that tip. Follow your gut and follow your instincts. So that's wonderful. And don't
0: and Fran- forget your profit. <laughs> and your
2: profit. <laughs> Francine, I want to thank you again. I hope you're enjoying your vacation and you've taken time to pay your knowledge forward to my listeners. And I so, so appreciate that. Thank so you, Francine, Josephine. Oh, you're so welcome. Francine Glick, president of Water Journey and inventor of Hands to Go. Thank you for your time, Francine.
1: Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Tarasi on TogiNet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons learned,